Welcome to the Bold Goal Crusher podcast for anyone looking to stop letting life get in the way and start crushing bold goals. I'm your host, Sarah Mayer, and I'm thrilled to navigate this journey with you because it's time to start boldly achieving without working double time. So let's dive in. Hello, everyone. I'm super excited today. We are going to talk about all things combating the hustle culture. I know many of us have been told the more we hustle, the more success will come our way, but we're going to bust that myth today. Today, I have business coach Steve Feld. He's a certified business coach, author, professional speaker, podcast host, and award-winning business management executive. His goal is to stop business owners from suffering entrepreneurial depression. Yes, depression, and to stop making running your business so difficult. Business owners and entrepreneurs hire him to crack seven figures without burning themselves out. Steve, I am so excited to talk with you today. Thank you for being on the podcast. Uh, Thank you for having me. Awesome. Well, talk to me a little bit about your business. How long have you been a business coach? And tell us a little bit about what you do. Yeah, well, I've been, I've actually owned and operated seven different businesses, ran three others, those I turned around. Uh, I've been working with small business owners and entrepreneurs for I don't know how long. So in every single one of my businesses, it's like, that's where my passion keeps coming back. I had one business working with the C-suite people. I just found out I love working with the mom and pop because, you know what, they're trying to figure out how to build a better mousetrap. They just don't know how to build a business. Mm -hmm. And I'm tired of seeing small business owners fail. Yeah, I love it. You know, many of the people who listen to this podcast and the entrepreneurs that I work with were former, you know, directors, C-suite members, working in a corporation and helping others achieve their million dollar goals. Mm -hmm. And they finally said enough is enough. And I want to quit my job and have more freedom. And then what I find is they build these businesses that allow them no freedom. They're working 24 hours a day. So tell me a little bit, how do you work with your clients to really level set their their workday and the culture of the company that they're building. Yeah, you brought up a great point. I call it jumping the cubicle because they're leaving corporate to become that entrepreneur. But when you start off as an entrepreneur, like Michael Gerber says, you're the tech, you're, you're in the trenches, you're the technician, you have to do it all. Well, if you're coming from a C-suite level, it's like, you're not used to doing it all. Mm -hmm. You're used to dictating it. So what I see is, you know what you want or your product or your service. And I hear this a lot of times, they think their product or service is for everyone. So now they're trying to satisfy everyone and everyone is not your target market. So let's scratch that off right off the bat. But there's no focus in it and they really don't know who they're truly targeting. So their message is jumbled. So they're just like grinding it out, trying to figure out what to do when these pieces can be solved. And the best way to solve it is getting an outside point of view. Mm -hmm. I've been there. I wish I could say I'd never happen to me, but that'd be lying. 
<laughs> I was one of those people grinding it out, thinking I'm going to do the same thing again over and over and get different results and proving, you know, it is insanity. And I see that with small business owners all the time. It's like you're grinding, you're working so hard, you get it's like wheels and mud, it's just spinning and you're not going anywhere. And it could be just because you're stuck, right? Mm-hmm. But get the help you need, the guidance to get you unstuck. And the second I got help in my, one of my businesses, it was a game changer within 45 days. Yeah, I love that. You make some very good points. The first one is that you can't serve everyone. And I think a lot of times when people come from larger companies that appear to serve everyone. So I always like to use the example of Amazon, which right now pretty much serves everyone. But that's not how Amazon started. They started with books. (laughs) And they they nailed the books and then they engaged the authors and they nailed that. And then they started to broaden that. And so I think many times when people start their own business, their experience is with businesses that have they're on chapter 20 and you're on chapter one. And so the comparison is not there. If you were to look at Amazon at the beginning, you would not think that they were serving everyone. They were serving people who like to read. And then they eventually went into like to read electronically. And then once they nailed that, then they were able to kind of broaden who they were serving. So I love that. Now, many times when people start their own business or start their own company, one thing that you hit on is that they are used to having a team of implementers. And so they're a visionary, they may have ideas. And I always like to joke when I was working in my, uh, with my team is I would walk out of a meeting and say, we should do X. And by the time I got out of my next meeting, my whole team of people had either figured out that that was going to work or not. Mm -hmm. And they were halfway down the rabbit hole of implementing it. So how do you teach soul entrepreneurs to get to the point where they are able to tackle all the things that they're working on? Yeah. One of the big things is focus. It's like, what is the purpose of your business? And who is your target market? What are their problems and how are you solving them? You can't solve everyone. So mm-hmm. that's the biggest problem because they're trying to do so much. Another thing is like, if you're weak in an area, say, and I see this with business owners all the time. That's why I wrote a book about it. It's like, I hate accounting. So my next question is, then why are you doing your own accounting? Well, I have to. No, you don't. Mm-hmm. there's people who love doing accounting and you're not one of them hire that person. Cause they're going to do it in an eighth of the time. And let's value your time and your money. You're spinning. Here you are back in the mud, spinning your wheels. And this is causing burnout and frustration. So you're going to spend 10 hours on a Saturday doing your bank reconciliation <laughs> when someone else can do it in 30 minutes Yeah, and they love it. Yeah. And I, I think, I think the other thing too, is when you're not at the place where you can hire somebody, I did a lot of trades. I love to set up funnels. I know I'm a nerd. I hate accounting. 
So the first <laughs> thing I did was find somebody who was <laughs> doing that as their business. And I was like, hey, if I set up your funnels, will you help me with setting up my books? And we were able to trade that out. And it, mm-hmm. it as you mentioned, I was not stuck in the mud anymore. I was able right. to, because I, the honest truth is I wasn't going to do it. I mean, I'd wait till the very last minute and then I'd do a crappy job at it and I'd be miserable and complaining the whole time. Yeah. I mean, I have someone, a bookkeeper, so it takes them one hour a month to do my stuff. Yeah. Everything else is automated. So, but it take a while to get to that point of automation. And it took a time to like realize, you know what? I have better things to do. I love numbers, but do I really want to do them? No. So I looked at the time value piece. I valued my time over the money. And then when I realized how much that would cost me, it was like, are you kidding me? Here I am spending X number of hours at X dollars. I'm like, that's not a good trade-off. Yeah. So beyond trading or hiring someone and outsourcing some of the things, what are your other tips for combating the hustle culture? Yeah, think one thing is automation. I'm a big fan of it. And I know I get razzed about it quite a bit, but I'm not like the the best on automation. I know they're bigger, but I'm always improving on it. And do I do it? Heck no, because there's someone smarter than me out there. And I take advantage of that advice. So let them automate my processes like payments, reoccurring stuff. That way, it's more hands-off, whereas starting a new business owner, you think you have to have your hand in everything. Mm-hmm. And now I mean everything. And you don't know half the things that you have your hand in because you start something and you never complete it because, well, you're so busy, right? It's just coming at you. And I think I see that with the burnout is, well, I got this and I got this and I got this. And it's like, you know what? You hired staff. Why are they not doing all? So you yeah. don't know how to delegate yet you got to develop your leadership skills. Yeah. And I think automation is such a key, whether you're working on your own business or other businesses. Mm -hmm. One of the things I always like to do when I first started a new job was actually sit with the people who were doing the work and watch them work. Yeah. And sometimes I had remote employees and I just say, Hey, just put me on a screen share for the first hour you'll probably be wondering what I'm looking at. And then after that, you'll forget I'm even watching your screen. And what I found is that they were doing, they were getting the job done, but they were doing all these, what I would call duct tape and band-aid process. (laughs) They would like take, take data from this spreadsheet and put it onto that spreadsheet to then enter it into a database. And so I started really asking, why, why do you do it this way? And what I found is they didn't invest in automation. There were plenty of ways to automate that process or that step, but the company hadn't invested in the automation or somebody hadn't even like thought about automating it. Uh, So, so true. I mean, I even had someone, they became a client, but everything they did was on paper Mm -hmm. and it worked for them for 40 years. Yeah. But they got to a point they were making like close to 20 million a year. They had zero accounting system, but they had a room full of people on ledger paper, believe it or not. Now, this isn't that long ago. This is over 2000. So it's not that long ago. But it just showed if they would have automated 
it would have saved them actually millions of years, increased efficiency and production levels. And once they automated, they actually, we outsourced a lot of their, they created another company with all their extra staff. Yeah. So one of the things that people have a challenge with is when you're in the trenches, when you're stuck in the mud, how do you lift yourself up to see over the hole? How do you, how do you coach people to be able to see where they need to go, even if they may not know how to get there yet? You know, one of the biggest things I always say is like, so why are you doing this? And then they give you this long, like elevator pitch that they just gave it a networking event. It's like, no, why are you why did you create the company? What was the motivation? Let's get down to the core of it because they forgot that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, I want to make money. Well, you know, money is the exchange of a product or service to solve a problem or a want or need. That's all it is. So it's why did you start a business? Financial freedom, work less, make more. Mm-hmm. And of course, entrepreneurs work more, make less. (laughs) Yeah. And a lot of times it's they wanted to solve a problem or change the world or they had an idea or anything like that. But they lost sight of that Mm -hmm. when they get stuck in the accounting and all the things of actually running the business. So I always I always find these entrepreneurs are like, well, I was really passionate about baking. All right, great. How many times do you bake? Oh, I don't bake at all because I'm running the business now. All right. Well, welcome to a business owner because you can't be the technician and the entrepreneur and the manager at the same time. Yeah. The percentages will shift around. And that's why I tell people it's like read E-Myth if you're thinking about being a business owner. If you've never ran or owned a business, it's it gives you the concept down to like, wait a minute. I need to be this person for a while, but then I got to get out of it. So if you like baking, at the beginning, you're going to be baking. After a little bit of time, you're going to have to, you have to hire people in order to grow. Then you're going to do less baking and you're going to do more managing. Then at a point, you're going to do less managing, no baking. You're going to actually be the visionary again. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that you have in your bio is helping businesses to get to seven figures and without burning themselves out. One of the things that first stood out to me when I became an entrepreneur is people were talking a lot about six figures. Mm -hmm. Oh, you got to get to six figures. And I challenged somebody one time when she said, well, you got to get to six figures because then if you manage your money, right, you can take home (laughs) $50,000. And I was like, hmm. Hmm. Not the goal, uh, yeah. but how, how do you help business owners crack that seven figures and actually earn more than $50,000? You know, I mean, why aren't we talking about entrepreneurs earning 200,000 or more? Yeah. Like how do you, how do you help them get there? Well, the big thing is they have to also create a business and here's what I mean. They don't have that end goal in mind. And I've been teaching a class called ABCs of starting a business for five years, six years now. And when we bring it up, like these people haven't even started a business or maybe they just got their LLC. And here we are talking about your exit strategy. You need to build a business to sell, odds are to sell 
Very leg legacy will probably be the least amount to your kids or relatives, or it might be getting merged or acquired. But if you're not building it for an end goal, you're going to be burning yourselves out. So to get to the seven figures, like seven figures, that magic number, mm -hmm. you have to have systems and processes in place, get you out of the business. So you're, you're managing the business, not being managed by your business. You need to get higher. I believe in this hire smarter and better people than you. Mm -hmm. I've done that in my businesses and everyone kept going, well, they know more about all this. I go, yeah, that's why I hired them. I don't. Yeah. They're actually helping me grow my business. They see it a totally different way. And I value that input. And they yeah. actually help me grow businesses. Another thing is like, wh how you, wh what are you putting in your business to scale? Mm -hmm. A lot of people are so down the road. I'm going to have this one product, like my pet rock. And I'm going to sell that everything out of that pet rock. And I have no ancillary products and I can't scale. Well, mm -hmm. it's, it's a dead end down this road. Yeah. And yeah. I don't think a lot of entrepreneurs understand scaling and putting in systems and processes to build a bigger business. Yeah. I think a lot of times entrepreneurs get stuck, as you mentioned, with the one product and they don't evolve as the times change because, you know, things are changing really quickly. And so even on social media, you know, people got all used to creating these beautiful images for Instagram. And now Instagram's like, oh no, we're on video now. And you can either get stuck in your Canva images or you can transition to video. So I think it's the evolution of business and how business owners need to evolve over time. And that's very similar to when you set a goal. Your original goal may start out to be this, but then over time, it may shift to something mm -hmm. else. Yeah, I mean, we can go to the dinosaur graveyard of businesses, your yep. blockbusters, and I mean, the list goes on and on, all because they didn't evolve. Whereas Netflix came in to do the same thing, right? Yep. Videos, but through the, you know, DVDs through the mail. Oh, CDs now through the mail. Oh, guess what? We're going to, and they, they evolved and look who won. Yeah. Blockbuster's like, no, we're going to still rent videos. And yeah. they died. Yeah. And they made fun of Netflix for that. Yeah. I mean, Kodak shifted everything to digital and they forgot, they killed themselves because they were the last player in the market on digital photography. Yeah. Here they are the forefront of photography. Yep. Yeah. And it's like holding on to, you know, the, the things of the past, being able to evolve as a business owner, I think is one of the key points for leadership. So when a business owner has this big goal or idea, how would you suggest that they move forward with it? Yeah. A litmus test that Actually, one of my coaches told me years and years ago, because I had these big ideas for one of my businesses and we had a litmus test and it kind of kept us true. It's like, what is the mission of your business? Because mm -hmm. we already need to find who our target market was and what their problems are and how we solve it. So if it didn't solve, satisfy our mission and fit into it, and I've done this with many business owners, then you have to scrap it mm -hmm. because it's going to hurt your business not help your business. I mean, I even had one business owner, he was big visionary. 
And he, when he goes, I have this idea for this product and I have an idea for this service and I'd bring it back. Does that satisfy what your company is and who you serve? And he would always go, no, <laughs> you think it's worth going down and creating another company over it? No. Okay. Next. Yep. And that actually kept him focused and he blew up his business because otherwise, before I came in, he had, I think, 80 projects going on. His staff didn't know whether to go left or right that day because they were being thrown so much ideas. It's like one day, that, like you mentioned, come out of the meeting, you have an idea, staff scrambles. Then he would come out of the next meeting and give them another idea. It doesn't matter where they were on the first idea. He's already on idea 50. Yeah. But nothing got done to grow the business because there was too much overload. You got to stay focused. Yeah. And you really hit the nail on the head with this focus thing. I think one of the things that many people do is they send a lot of planes into the air, but they don't land a lot of planes. (laughs) And, you know, a lot of those planes run out of gas. They run out of fuel. They're crashing and burning, but they're just keep sending the planes up. That's it. So it's so so like a juggler. You keep adding more balls. Can you catch them all? Yep, exactly. Um, So in the day to day work, what tips do you have for somebody who's trying to really drill in and focus so that they can actually land a plane on a good idea? Yeah, one of the things that I always talk about is sustainable idea. If they're starting up a business, if they already have sales coming in, it's like, let's talk, poll your current clients. Mm-hmm. I, one of my coaches did this on one of my businesses. I realized I was targeting one industry. And then I woke up one day, I'm packed with clients and not one of them was in that industry. And I couldn't figure out why. So I polled them. Why you, why this? That gave me more data and more market research. And I've done it in many businesses since then than anything else. So that's going to give you the drive. You can ask them, uh, you know, what kind of other products or services do you think would complement what you're buying with me? Yeah. Guess what? They're going to have some killer ideas. Some might be, you know, cuckoo, but you got to listen to them because someone might have that golden nugget. And that's where I found new products and services, even for my business, by asking my clients. Yeah. And I think that really goes down to building relationships as well. Uh, I think one of the things that people hone in on is the soul in the entrepreneur. And they don't realize that there are so many people out there that are interacting with other people. And it's really all about building those strong, healthy relationships, especially when you're trying to tackle a big goal that you may not know how to get there. And oftentimes that's how it is in business. You're like, oh, today I have to figure out this. And there was no high school class on this. There was no college class on this. So now I need to figure that out. I'm a big fan of whiteboards. (laughs) First, I thought, okay, this is kind of cheesy. And then I had a client, his whole office was a very small desk with two chairs. I go, where do you work? He goes, another office. I can't think in that office. This is my thinking office. And it was covered in all whiteboards. He goes, I come in here and think. So we had all our meetings in there. 
and he would write everything down. And as we're going through, he would scrap, put ideas up, scratch ideas off, change colors. He, it really worked the process through. And then at the end of the meeting, he would come down and he goes, here's what I need to work on this week, because that's going to move the business forward. He goes, meanwhile, he looks around, and he goes, I would have worked on all these hundred ideas. Yeah. Yeah. And it, we would have gotten nowhere in the business. Yeah. You know, I had a, I worked on a tech project once at a college and we had a room full of whiteboards and one of their goals was to build this, this portal and it had to work for every, every student, which is huge. And we would, they would map it out on the whiteboard. And I said, why are you doing that? And they're like, well, because if you can understand it, then we know the user can understand it. There you go. I was like, wow. Okay. So you're not doing this for you. They're like, no, we know the process. But whenever you ask us a question, like, well, I'm confused. Why am I doing that next? We know we're not hitting the nail on the head. There you go. And a lot of times I think business owners just start going down the road and then they go halfway down and they realize they're in a swamp. Yeah. If they would have just taken a little time to plan it out and think things through, they wouldn't have wasted time and money. Yeah. And I think it's a lot of time and money in projects that went nowhere because they didn't know what the end result they wanted it to be. Yeah. And I think there's so much value in really a, a lot of people are visual learners. So there's so much value in drawing it out or mapping it out and then finding what's the most logical way to get from A to B. And sometimes, as we know, it's not always the straight line. <laughs> oh, yeah. I always equate, you know, getting from A to B, that's a theory as a straight line. In yeah. business, you're going to go curves, you're going to have roadblocks, you're going to have to go over them, around them, you're going to have to detour, you're going to have to go backwards. It's, yeah. it's quite a journey. Yeah. So how do you motivate your clients to keep going when they may be hitting speed bumps? Big thing is we always define what are their goals? What do they want coming out of like our sessions? Mm-hmm. And there, it takes a little time to even for them to even answer that question, believe it or not. Yeah. But then I always bring it back to, you know, one of the things I'm not just saving businesses, I'm saving marriages. Mm-hmm. And I've seen that happen so many times where it's like, Okay, you told me you want to do this in your business because you're having marital problems because of financial problems, which is coming back to the business. So if we solve the financial problems in the business, you think it's going to automatically, magically solve the home life? And they're like, Mm -hmm. yes. And I go, why don't we work on that, solve the home life, then really launch the business. And they're Mm -hmm. like, God, if we did that, my life would be so much better. I'm like, I know. So let's Mm -hmm. solve the home life problem, which is, get money in your business. So that'll solve that and take a dang vacation. If yeah. I hear another entrepreneur says, I haven't taken a vacation in more than two years, book the dang thing. Everyone needs to recharge. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so important to take the time, not only, you know, once a year, but a couple of times a week. I think it's so easy to get burned out, especially when you're trying to build something and there's obstacle after obstacle. So I love that. So if somebody wanted to work with you, Steve, how would they go ahead and do that? How would they get in touch with you? What do you have going on? Oh, I got quite. I got workshops always going on. There's always something, but uh, my website is bizcoachsteve. So it's B-I-Z 
coachsteve.com. That's a great place. One thing I've been offering for God, I think ever since I had this business, which is now five years, it is I always say, you know what? Business owners were stuck in a silo, or at least it feels like it. Don't. That's like that's going to put you in a bad, it puts you depressed, everything wrong. And what I've always offered is like, hey, get on a call with me for 15 minutes. It's not a sales call. You don't sell me. I don't sell you. Mm -hmm. Let's just talk. You have someone to talk to that's not going to be judgmental and listen to you, really listen to you and let you vent about your business or ask a question. That's fine. But it's just a outlet. And as business owners, I always believe you need someone to talk to. It's kind of hard to find that person who gets you. Yeah. So it's like business therapy from Steve. I love it. 15 minutes. I wish someone would have done this in my first business. (laughs) Well, and sometimes it's just that 15 minutes to vent. Like you can't go and vent to your employees or your team or anything. Or if you're the only one, I mean, maybe you can vent to yourself, but that's not going to really work out. So it's a great way to pick the brain of somebody else. And maybe Steve has a resource or he can help you. Or maybe you just feel better after that call. So definitely take Steve up on his 15-minute call. Uh, I encourage you to do that and check out Steve's website because his real goal is to help business owners crack their income goals without burning out. And I think that's so important because life is way more than checking email or ticking off boxes off a to-do list. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. I just want to see everyone survive and thrive and build the business that they want. That's what they vision vision when they did this. I mean, it's it's, the odds are against small business owners. Let's turn that around. Yeah. Awesome. Well, everyone, please check out Steve's website and here's to earning more and working less. Thank you for tuning in to the Bold Goal Crusher podcast, where we crush goals and everything that gets in the way. I always love to support my community. So feel free to text the word goal to 480-530-5368. Again, 480-530-5368 and the word goal. And then tell me all about your goals and dreams. Thanks for tuning in. I look forward to seeing you crush your goals this year.